it wasn't for you, but for me, this was the Monday of Mondays. You know, after you had a good weekend and you go to work and you're thinking life is just going to be cool, like, hey, let's get through the week, get through the first day. Ah, this Monday was rough. But you know what always makes a rough day not so rough? Edge of your seat podcast. That's what. Definitely enjoy doing this. Makes the rest of the day, eh, who cares? Episode 90, I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. Great show today, tonight. It is Monday night. Going to be put up kind of late. Like I said, it was a rough day. Had a lot going on. But there's no reason to get into the details because you guys all do the same thing. We all work hard, try to get those paychecks, pay some bills, and then be able to do stuff we want to do. Like do podcasts, listen to podcasts, play video games, do stuff with your kids, all that other good stuff. Guess is what we got to do, huh? We got to work and hustle hard. Definitely hustle hard. But it is Monday, July 20th, and if you didn't know, two days ago on Saturday, baseball started, summer camp, and we actually got a Cubs and White Sox game going on right now, bottom of the eighth, White Sox are up 5-3, after Chicago White Sox defeated the Cubs 7-3 on Sunday. It's a beautiful thing if you're a White Sox fan. I like both squads, the Cubs and the White Sox, but if I had to pick one of them, I would probably go White Sox, but I do like them both. I'm one of those weird Chicago sports fans that it doesn't really matter which team. I just want them both to win and be successful. When the Cubs won their World Series 2016, super crazy happy. White Sox won in 2005 when I was in college, super happy. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that I was a part of both World Series. Like, that was really awesome. A lot of people can't say that. All of us can, I guess. But we all know about the hundreds and thousands and millions of Cubs fans that did not get to watch them win a World Series. But it's cool having baseball back, even though it's summer camp and it's not real games and it's not real ball, really. It is to us. After not having live sports, live anything for so long, maybe some NASCAR races, some UFC fights, but some real, legit Major League Baseball back on the scene. It is an amazing thing. Hopefully you're getting some games in, watching them, cheering for your favorite players. I haven't got to yet, but I will soon. Never really a big baseball watcher, at least not on TV. I love going to the games. If I'm driving, I'll listen to them on the radio. But if I'm sitting at home, it's not very likely I'm watching a game. I don't know why. I'll follow scores. I'm following scores all day, seeing who's hitting home runs, seeing who's striking out the most batters and things like that. But I just, I don't know. I think I'm too, I move too much. I'm, I'm doing too much. I'm talking to people. I'm that long of a time. Baseball games could go on forever. They're kind of slow for me, like my style of things. So not really huge baseball watcher, but I do follow the sport. Probably more now than I ever had. I really didn't watch it at all or care about it at all until I got to college. And then I worked for SIU game staff, Southern Illinois Ghost Salukis. Worked at the game staff and I picked up a job with the baseball team, washing laundry, cleaning up the clubhouse, shagging balls during games, things like that. And it was amazing. And I really got to sit and watch and learn the game and all the intangibles, talk to players and the coaches. Rest in peace, Dan Callahan, a great man. Hindu was a great man, is a great man, sorry, he's still alive, great man, 
who took over for Dan Callahan after he passed away from cancer. Great guys, great program, and really taught me the game of baseball. So if it wasn't for SIU, I don't know, maybe I go to another college and baseball comes around in a different way. But SIU is the one that put baseball on the map for me. Then I went back and, you know, I knew about the guys that I wanted to know about. Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, Ryan Sandberg, Greg Maddox. Like, I knew about those guys, but the other guys from teams that I didn't care about or even knew existed. You start to pay attention. I try to be a student of everything that I'm a part of or everything that I like. So go back and learn players and stats and things like that. I did a lot of that in college, especially in that clubhouse. What else did I have to do? I wasn't doing homework. I like to think it was already done, but it probably wasn't. A lot of stats, a lot of baseball research. Great memories at SIU. I did mention it was July 20th. This is not a sad podcast. We don't like that. I already said rest in peace to Dan Callahan. Again, a great man. This wouldn't be a real July 20th episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast if I did not give a shout out to Lonnie Lingelbach, my stepfather, who was my father, rest in peace, passed away April of 2018. Today's his birthday. Thought a lot about him today. Was making dinner and was thinking of things to, you know, to make for dinner later in the week. And I was like, why don't I make some cornbread and some beans, some black eyed peas or some pinto beans? That man, Lonnie, made that all the time. And it was awesome. It was probably the only meal that he made because he made stuff repetitively. He didn't really switch it up. He was a man that was set to his ways. I'm going to eat this. This is what I like to eat. And that's that. That's how he was. But when he made that, I would eat it every time. Not going to lie, every single time I would sit down and eat beans and cornbread with him or the black eyed peas, whatever he was making with the cornbread, he would switch it up here and there. But it was, is one of my favorite meals that he made for sure. I can't forget about the catfish nuggets either. Those are pretty good. Throw them in a little fryer. Not really huge fan of fried food, but the catfish nuggets were always good with some tartar sauce. I always remember him for that. A lot of stories about Lonnie. Uh, He was a part of my life for, yeah, about 30 out of 32 years he was a part of my life. So we got a lot of memories to think about him today. So rest in peace to Lonnie. Hopefully you're watching down, looking over the family and making sure we're doing well. Hopefully you're shedding some light on this podcast and making sure it goes smoothly. Because it hasn't been. You know about the break that I had for a month. I was going through some family things, some work things, some COVID things. Not me personally. I didn't have COVID, but you know, things are going on. We all were going through these times. Then I went to start to do this very episode a couple days ago, actually. I was going to edit the audio with Trent Devinney, who is our special guest today. Just graduated from Barrow Valley. Fantastic golfer. Went to the state tournament. Now he's going on to junior college golf at IVCC. And Trent talks about that and is really excited. But when I was trying to start this podcast two days ago, put the audio on here so I could edit and get to it as soon as I could, my mixer tweaked out. Well, if it was a short, what it was, just tweaked out. Would not connect. Nothing was going through. It was awful. Awful, awful, awful. So I had to repair. That's why this show has been pushed. This show will continue. Episode 90. Can't believe it's 90 episodes already. It's a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun talking to Trent. It was a blast. Before we get to him, let's do the plugs, right? 
Like I said, I'm your host, Brandon LaChance, on the beat. The intro, outro track, Brian Cavelli. Thank you, man. SIU friend gave me a great, I guess, soundtrack. We'll call that the soundtrack of Edge of URC podcast to put together for the show. And it's great. I love it. Social media, you can follow Edge of URC podcast on Twitter, Edge of URC P, or Facebook, Edge of URC podcast. Questions, suggestions, maybe you want to be a guest or know somebody that would be a great guest. Send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. We will definitely check it out and see what you have to say. Don't know where you listen to this episode. You can catch all episodes and future episodes on Spotify, Google Music, and Apple Music, iTunes. While we're in the plugging mood, we cannot forget about our boys at Olsen Construction. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olsen Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olsen Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Miles has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured, at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email, olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. One more thing I wanted to talk about. I already did the shout-out for Lonnie. Talked about MLB real quick, which I am glad sports are happening. Hopefully it continues that way. I'm really scared that it's not going to. Something's going to happen. We've been very pessimistic lately, and I guess we have a reason to be, and I'm still kind of that way. I know we're, we're inching, we're inching, we're inching, trying to clear this. COVID-19, coronavirus, leave it in the rear view mirror. But with cases and deaths and sickness still rather high, and a case here, case there, and organizations or sports leagues or anything like that happens, we're in serious possibilities of things being shut down again. But we have to try to be optimistic and hope that this continues to clear the dust, clear out of the dust, get rid of this COVID-19 and live our lives normally and happily as we wish to do so. But besides sports and pretty much entertainment and restaurants and bars and everything that we do, it has really affected schools and children and graduations and proms and learning and building friendships. And I mean, the list of things that young children were doing when this happened or are trying to do as they get older and you know they're in the learning processes they're building who they are as people everything just flipped upside down and hey you gotta stay home with your parents or with whoever you stay home with and now that school is supposedly gonna start next month in August probably middle of August everything has changed still I don't know how it is across the country but in the areas around me in rural Illinois about an hour and a half out of Chicago the younger children, let's say junior high and younger, are only going to physically be in school from like 8 o'clock to like 11.30. And then they're going home. This is insane. What is the point 
of going to school for a few hours than to leave in the chaos, the utter chaos it is creating for parents and babysitters and workforce and everything. Everybody's life is getting flipped upside down. I understand we have to be precautious and things need to be held in the most protective, serious manner possible. But how are parents gonna work and make money and support these kids if A, they're paying way more for daycare, because obviously the kids are gonna be at daycare more, or if they don't have daycare, don't have a babysitter, what is, what is the parent gonna do? Do they gotta stay home? Can they not go to work no more? Like, how does that work? I know, school should not be a babysitter. But this is kind of how our lives have been programmed. This is the routine that our society has set up for us. You get those 9 to 5 jobs or 9 to 3.30 jobs or 7 to 2.30 or you get those jobs because that's when your kid is at school and you can go to work and make money to support them going to school and give them lunch money and allow them to play sports or be part of any extra curricular activity. What do you do when all that shifts? I fortunately do not have children. Not fortunately, I don't have children. I didn't mean it like that. You know, if that happened, it happened, but it hasn't, and I don't think it's going to. Never really wanted them, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I am not saying that whatsoever. I'm saying fortunately because I don't have to worry about this situation. I go to work. I can do what I want. If I choose to wear a mask, I can wear a mask. I don't have to worry about putting it on my child and then them taking it off or throwing a fit because they can't go into a store or I've seen all this happen with my nieces and my nephews and my friends children and it is definitely chaotic and I know all our lives are chaotic right now there's no way that anybody living right now since March can say their life has not been chaotic in some point some fashion but how long does this keep up like what are they supposed to do for the kids that need to go to school that need that time to be around other kids and the parents that have to work and make money. I'm really interested to see how this works. I know there's going to be a ton of backlash. We are going to be talking about this for a very, 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 very long time. For the months that kids did do e-learning, the amount of parents that were complaining and kind of rightfully so, they're not teachers. They didn't go to college to become teachers. They either went to college to get another job or they didn't go to college and just started the workforce right after school. And that's okay. They weren't meant to be teachers. They didn't want to be teachers. So why do they have to teach their children now? I understand all of it. And I understand like, hey, we can't have these kids around each other passing this virus. Because let's face it, kids are the number one carriers of everything. All germs, sicknesses, all seems to come from children. And I mean that in the best way possible. But it does. They're fearless, they're innocent, they don't know what they're doing when it comes to that stuff. They don't know the importance of sneezing like in your shirt sleeve instead of your hand and then, you know, going and touch your best friend in the face or on the hand. They don't know that, so they do that. And then that's how everybody gets sick or head lice. They don't know what's going on. They don't know that, unfortunately, they got bugs in their hair and they can't touch anybody else or put their head on anybody else's hat or a jacket or a shirt they don't know that that's how these things don't stop and they keep continuing to go and to go and to go and to go so I understand both sides of the story I don't have an answer obviously nobody has an answer because otherwise this would have already been settled 
So, I'm really interested to see what happens. It is definitely super serious. And we need these kids to learn, but we also all need to be safe. Hopefully, the powers to be, the administrators, can work this out. I'm putting my faith in you. I mean, we kind of have to. You're the hope here. That we figure out a plan to get through this. Well, I think it's about that time to get to Trent Davini. Again, Burrow Valley graduate, state golfer. Now going to golf with the Eagles at IVCC. Know he's super pumped to hit the greens. Even though we do not know when that is going to be. Like I said on the last episode, I am an assistant coach with the Illinois Valley Community College, IVCC, women's basketball team. And from what I understand is they have pushed most sports. I think tennis and maybe golf are the only ones that they were thinking about holding on and still letting play in the fall. But everything else is not going on until January. We have from like January 11th to sometime in March to schedule 21 games. Again, it's gonna be real interesting to see how this all works out. But hopefully Trent can get on the golf courses. Golf courses are open, so he doesn't necessarily have to play with the team. He can go hit some balls, work on his game, get better, even without being an organized team, organized meet. Hopefully they do pick up soon, and he can definitely live out his college experience. But great kid, great guest. Had a lot of fun talking to him. We will be back soon with another episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We will be back soon with another episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We're going to shoot for Wednesday for episode 91. And just so you know the final score, White Sox did defeat the Cubs 5-3. That's 2-0 for the White Sox over the Cubs in the last two days. Starting this summer ball pretty solid. With that... Until next time, peace. Well, today's not really that special for me. It's raining. It's not really cold, but you don't really want to go outside. It's kind of cruddy. But for a Trent Davini senior at Burrow Valley, a very special day for him. Just graduated. So I want to say congratulations, Trent. Thanks for joining us as well. Thanks for having me, and thanks for that. So you're a high school graduate. How does that feel? It feels like it kind of flew by for the last four years, but especially these last couple months have, with everything changing so quick. It feels good, though. That had to be a weird way to end your high school career. In quarantine because of a virus, can't really be around people, sports are canceled you're not really doing anything except e-learning and at home was it difficult or challenging or how did you get through that well i think that i was lucky that i wasn't quite as let down like the other kids because my favorite sport was golf so getting that out of the way in the fall it was kind of just battling senioritis before we got quarantined as it was so it wasn't didn't hurt me too bad definitely and you brought up golf you were a state qualifier the first state qualifier from Burrow Valley in 14 years I believe just talk about that feeling and being able to put that on your resume yeah it really felt good because it was something that I had worked for for four years and before high school it was the summer before high school that I uh, first picked up a golf club I hadn't played at all before then 
So for me, it really felt like something that I did on my own, that I built, and because it's an individual sport, that I really did it on my own, and then got to where I wanted to be, and that was one of my goals for the year, and I accomplished it, so it felt good. Awesome. What is your handicap? Last year, I played off a 10-2, but now, not quite sure what... <laughs> You know, with these couple of months off with the golf courses being, or with the month off of golf courses being closed, didn't really get much of a chance to play. And I was definitely better in the fall than I was in the summer. So hopefully I'll be around six or seven this year. There we go. And just for golfers that maybe need some new clubs or something like that, what are you using? Um, so I have a bit of an interesting setup, play titles for all my woods. Um, and then I switched to uh, Mizuno GPX 919s for my irons this year. The tour blades and then uh, combo set had those in the short irons. And then I played bulky wedges this year. But actually, um, this year I had a really made a really interesting decision. Right after sectionals, I decided to buy a new putter and put it in the bag for state. So just an older blade ping answer. I actually had one of my better days this year at state. So, um, but for anyone that knows me, I switch up clubs quite a bit. Awesome. What was something about your game that, you know, led you to have your best day at state or, you know, to have the kind of year that you did? Really, it was iron play this year. I was kind of inconsistent off the tee. And if you looked at my scorecards, I had always had a few blow-up holes or a blow-up hole really this year. The putter really hurt me. The driver could hurt me some, but... I was able to hit my irons well enough that I could get myself out of some bad positions and, you know, make my putting a lot easier on me, so. There you go. Doesn't sound like you had many bad days then. <laughs> um, well, if you saw the, the scores from regional sectionals and state, I shot 84 at all of them, which I wasn't happy with that for a score at any of them, but it definitely could have been a lot worse. And after my junior year, I missed the cut by three strokes. I shot 86 up in uh, Oregon at our sectional there. And I had shot 81 the week before at regionals, and I really thought, wow, if I would have just switched those two, you know, if I wouldn't have peaked too early, I probably would have made it to state last year and my junior year. And that really, really drove me for the senior year. And where I didn't have as good of days, I definitely didn't have nearly as bad of days my senior year. All right. That's pretty awesome. I like it. What is it about golf that you like and that's your favorite sport and something that you wanted to keep doing? What is it about golf that brings the best out of you athletically? So it started out as I really didn't want to play football. <laughs> my parents told me that I needed to play at least something in the fall to keep myself busy. So at first, it really wasn't my favorite sport at all. But because it was individual and I knew that I didn't have to rely on someone else and someone else's mistake couldn't prevent me from excelling in it, I really felt like I could take some ownership in it, and that's why I liked it. You know, it was just, just me and the golf ball. It's not trying to choreograph five other guys to get it to work. So that's why I enjoyed it. Good stuff. I wish I could be anywhere just even called okay at golf, I would be extremely happy, but that's not the case. That's the thing about golf that I think uh, a lot of people that don't play it 
don't realize is it is really simple. You know, everyone understands how golf is played. And some of the rules can get tricky, but it's not that complicated. As long as you can hit a ball, you'll be fine. But it takes so much skill that it's just hours and hours of practice. Where track's one that it's not skill-based, it takes a lot of hours of practice into it, but it's different. It's getting bigger, faster, stronger. Golf is all golf-specific. So all the training for it's golf-specific. So a lot of the sports guys don't always, you know, relate to it because they're used to things really transitioning across the board. I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of intangibles or little details in golf that do not exist in any other sport. Yeah, it, it really is the most interesting game to me. That's why I enjoyed it the most. Who is your favorite professional golfer? Of all time, I have to say, Seve Ballesteros. But right now, Francesco Molinari. Not the usual picks. I like that. Something different. Good stuff. Yeah, Seve was probably one of the best iron players of all time and had such a smooth swing. And because similar height to Molinari and a similar swing plane, he's been someone who I've been able to really study and try to mimic to help me because you can't always have a camera and a track man when you're trying to hit balls so you know sometimes seeing how he got through the ball how he released his hands and stuff really helped me and you're not only a golfer you also played basketball for Barrow Valley and if I heard you right when before we push the record button you have a couple older brothers that also went through Barrow Valley so you're pretty well versed in Barrow Valley sports uh yep Tyler and Nate both played there I graduated in 2009 and Nate in 2011. They both had pretty interesting careers because my brother Nate, he had back surgery his junior year, so he was out that season. But he had played varsity as a sophomore before that. It was really kind of night and day between their two careers. Brother Tyler had really good senior year, 20-win team, and Nate's year was not, I think that they were seven and, seven and whatever. And we are talking basketball here, right? Yep. And one of your brothers was on a really good Burrow Valley football team, correct? Yep, that was Tyler. They made it to the quarterfinals. I think they lost to Immaculate uh, Conception, Elmhurst. And that was the last time that DB really made it a good playoff run. That was back when Jeff Olson was still the coach. They were conference champs in football and basketball, which for our area, it's always a good metric of if you beat Newman in football, you're pretty good. That is correct. If you can beat Newman... You're definitely pretty good. I think they won a state championship this year. Yep. It's always different, though, looking at it because of how many classes there are and stuff, and it's nice for them being able to pull from a big area and keep a low enrollment. But, you know, they do have a really special program there. But I think that BV in the next couple of years will have another couple, another playoff run. But obviously we've had quite a drought. Yeah, I've always enjoyed Burrow Valley sports. Always had pretty cool coaches. The athletes are obviously good athletes and, and good kids, so I've always enjoyed covering games at Burrow Valley. Yeah, we really do have a great culture at BV, and I think that stems from the fact that a lot of these schools within the district before we consolidated also had good programs. You know, Western had really good basketball teams in the 70s. Walnut had some really good athletes going through in the 80s. Manless, you know, early 90s, Spencer Davis. So, you know, there was a big, big sports culture in our area before we even consolidated. 
I think that that's kind of what carried over to BB's really early success was, you know, all those kids. You know, we had a lot of kids who were used to playing a lot of minutes that were all competing for spots. So it's really interesting dynamic at BB for sports culture. But you're not only just an athlete, you do a lot of other stuff at Burrow Valley. So what else have you been doing through your four years? Because I know you do a lot. Starting last year, junior year, I got on National Honor Society and I've helped with that. I was in German club for a little bit early on in high school. I was president of that for a year. But I really have felt like I've been able to be a student leader and help organize things. Yeah, I was salutatorian this year, so I ended up uh, kind of just being a leader for our class and organizing some of the sports events because I was a teacher's assistant for our athletic director this year, who Nikki Leatherland in her last year was great to be under someone who was as professional as her and who cared as much about our school. And it gave me an opportunity to really, you know, kind of help get BV to where we needed to be after a couple dark years. That's very interesting because my last interview that I did, which was actually just yesterday, is actually Brad Bickett, who is going to be the new athletic director for Burrow Valley. Yeah, and he's another guy who's really shown excellence at BB pretty much the entire time he's been there. And BB's really lucky that they got him to stay and into a new position like that. We haven't made the best selections in the past. Like, we have probably from... 2010 to 2017 had, you know, some questionable choices. And it's good to see familiar faces back in the roles that people want to see. It really does feel like BB's back on the right track. There you go. Are you going to come back and uh, take care of things at Burrow Valley when you get older? Hopefully. That's my goal. I would like to coach basketball somewhere. After I have to take at least a year off in between for Coach Marquis's orders, hopefully I'll be back helping out with the program. Now, next year, you're going to be at IVCC? Yep, I'll be playing golf there with uh, Ben Sear and Ian Roach from Putnam County, who are in my class, and so we should be there for two years. And uh, next year, because of uh, how the junior colleges work with the eligibility from coronavirus, we should have a really good crew next year, at least for the first semester, because there's a good group of kids that had some carryover eligibility left. Yeah, and just you three alone brings a whole new dynamic to that golf team, that's for sure. Ian Roach has been one of the best golfers in the area for the last four years. Your name has been up there, Ben Sears, Ben Estate, as well as you and Ian. So you guys are bringing in a lot of talent right away. Yeah, and Ian is one of the most dedicated kids to golf I've ever seen. He puts in probably more practice than, more practice than anyone I have ever seen in our area. So it's really been good to be able to play with him and Ben and really get to know them over the last couple of years so it kind of made my decision easy for college and if you don't know who Ian Roach is you have to go back to the archives of Edge of Your Seat podcast he was probably on I'm going to say somewhere in the first 5 to 15 episodes he was a guest great kid definitely knows his golf just like Trent was saying you know playing alongside of him at invitationals and regionals and all that other good stuff did you become good friends with Ian and Ben? Uh, yeah, I really did. Mason Kimberly, Hall's golf coach, he hosts a nine-hole summer league that us three all played in, which was nice because it was kind of more relaxed. We really got to know each other all down there. And then also having the same regional and sectional as those two, you know, it was kind of nice to see familiar faces there in an environment where you're kind of nervous as it is. And that we all kind of bonded over that. 
Awesome. What are you going to study while you're at IVCC? I'm planning to transfer on to most likely Illinois State. So right now, my major set for economics and political science, double major, before I go on to law school. I'm quite a few years out from where I'm going to want to be, but that's what I'm looking forward to. So really, you're just trying to take over the world? <laughs> uh, I'd rather know the world before I try to take it over, but yeah. <laughs> um, that was a great answer. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That was a great answer. Yeah, economics has really been uh, something that I've cared a lot about um, just because there's a lot of justice, racial justice, income equality, underlying factors that go into economics, and understanding why those things mean things and not just hearing it on CNN or hearing it on Fox News. You know, it's really helped give me some clarity on how can I help people. Yep, you're going to take over the world. I hear it. <laughs> so obviously we spoke a little bit about it, you know, with school. We've been through this quarantine for COVID-19. Besides school, have you been doing anything else cool or trying to keep yourself busy while we're supposedly locked down? So the first thing I had done was I started working for my Uncle Mark jones at mc jones concrete in tiskawa so if anyone needs concrete done give us a call that's really been a good place to learn some life lessons about work ethic making yourself getting things done having to be independent having to figure things out on my own it's been good to work under him i did a little short stint at marquis i was trying to pick up nights on the weekends after working five days a week at concrete and i decided I had bit off more than I could chew, so I kind of backed off from that. Now I'm helping a buddy of mine out who does lawn care at, for Kernan's Lawn and Turf. So two good places to work and uh, two good guys to work for. It's been really fun so far. It's kind of helped me get a head start on a summer job to keep saving money for college because that's been my biggest concern. And if you can believe it or not, the economics major guy is uh, worried about how much money he's going to spend. So... <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to happen. I like where your head's at, though. You got to worry about money, especially when you're going into schooling and all that other stuff. You, you got to start saving up, so that's a good place to keep your head. I, I didn't mean to laugh when you were talking about your uncle's construction company. I just liked your advertising right there. If your uncle wants to do advertising for Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we would love to do it. Yeah, I'll probably have to give him a talk about that. But. <laughs> you should. You should do it. That might be one of those uh, Friday morning after work's done things, not a uh, Monday morning before. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. All right, so besides working, there is this sports docu-series called The Last Dance. Everybody has been talking about it. Have you watched it? Honestly, no. I watched the first episode or two, and then saw Peoria get a nice shot out in there. And then I really didn't plug in after that. And why is that? I just really haven't ever been a big fan of Michael Jordan. Kind of felt like he was overrated, got to play against milkman and mailman and garbage man, and, you know, wasn't really a good basketball like King James has played against. This is like daggers to my ears. <laughs> We could go into a long debate here on how I think Michael Jordan is way more of a player than LeBron James. We can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, butter. Michael Jordan played against a ton of Hall of Famers. So to say that he played against people that were not good is, I feel, false. Yeah, well, kind of how I've judged the league is the athletes today that are playing, if you're a Hall of Famer in this league, I think that you would have definitely been a Hall of Famer in any other, other league where in these past leagues, if you were a Hall of Famer, it might be a lot tougher to transition to now where everyone is bigger, faster, and stronger. DeAndre Jordan would have made Wilt Chamberlain look terrible, for example. Oh, wow, that is craziness. I totally do not agree with that. So you think, like, Steph, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, they could have played in the 90s where if you tried to take the ball inside, you were getting your head chopped off and pushed and fouled and no calls were being called, where LeBron James... And all these guys now raise their hands up when they're not even touched and want to foul. Yeah, but I think that if Michael Jordan wouldn't have uh, complained to David Stern and gotten, what was it, the flagrant foul rule in, that, you know, it's kind of the same thing. And Steph Curry, I think, is different because he gets upset at everything. But I don't think that guys would have necessarily gotten their, I don't think that LeBron would have gotten his head taken off being 260, 6'8 going through. So, But he would have got beat up. All of them got beat up. Didn't matter how big or small you were. And he cries about absolutely everything. So you think he could have played in that era? I I really don't. Yeah, I do because I don't think that... Like, if you look at the shots that Michael was able to get with the pull-up mid-range and the low number of threes that were taken, I think that how in and out these guys' games is now is that they wouldn't have to rely on that type of stuff. I think it was, it's kind of an overstatement that every time they went in, they were getting hacked like that and... I think you should but go back and watch mean, some tape, because they really were. I was watching a lot of those games. They were getting beat up. Those bad boy Pistons in the late 80s and early 90s were literally punching you and choke slamming you and clotheslining you when you came into the paint. I'll be honest, the bad boy Piston teams are some of my favorite teams, or is probably my favorite team ever because of that fight, but I also have a huge bias being 18 now, not a... <laughs> Having been able to actually watch the games live, so I considering my first jersey was a LeBron jersey and not a Michael Jordan Michael jersey, it uh, stuck with me a bit more. I do understand that we are from different eras, different decades. I was born in '85. I'm 34 years old, so I'm a little older. Seen a lot of different things. I do disagree with you, but I understand your opinions as well. Oh yeah, of course, it goes both ways. It's would probably be switched or might be switched if we were in different positions or might not so it is what it is very true my friend very true have you been watching anything else anything on Netflix or Hulu or anything that you'd recommend I'm a big Madman and House of Cards fan so I've been able to watch a few more episodes of those two series kind of catch myself up there but I've also been watching uh, a lot of Masterclass with Paul Krugman He's a Nobel-winning economist and kind of different spectrums with them, but that's really what I've been putting my most time into. Good stuff. I have not watched any of those three programs. Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, House of Cards is great until it gets too dark and then you <laughs> almost feel cruddy watching it. Mad Men's a fun one to watch. Besides the rampant racism and misogynistic comments, and but it's a timepiece, so. It does sound interesting. I have obviously heard of it. Maybe I'll have to check that out. It's a good one. 
Well, Trent, I want to thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Thanks for having me. It was great to talk.